0: this is believe in georgia dogs podcast on the believe podcast network it's time to awaken an entire nation
1: i'll be a dog till i die yeah. between the hedges looking fly. fly Ninety thousand in the stands i'm gonna do my
0: dance make it look fine. coach put me in the game, game. uga yeah the name game. yeah the offense gonna turn up but the defense gonna win us the game Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right, welcome into a very special edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. It's game week, guys. Uh, it, we kick off against Arkansas in I think six days, five days. My math is off, uh, but anyway, uh, special guest joining me from uh, the uh, Hog Talk podcast. Uh, he is a the new one of the newest members of the Believe Network. It's Kyle Sutherland. How you doing, man?
1: Doing great, Corey. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely, man. Uh, the title of this episode is going to be Hogs and Dogs, because that's that's what we do. Um, you can find me on social media, at Believe in Dogs, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Kyle, where can we find your show?
1: Uh, so you can find us on, so we're on Facebook, Arkansas Hog Talk, and then on Twitter and Instagram, at The Hog Talk. Uh, it's H-A-W-G is how we spell it. And then my personal Twitter feed is uh, K underscore Sutherland, and that's S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D-H-T-P, like Hog Talk Podcast.
0: All right. Absolutely. Go find him. Uh, you probably already you probably already knew where he is. Uh, I'm at CoachBurton36. That's my personal Twitter, I'm at Burton.Corey on Instagram. So the uh, show's brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. It is definitely back this week. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still – be in on the action at Bet Online. So I bet last week won my first bet with the Rams. It took a little two bet parlay, uh, bet the Rams and the over hit both. Uh, dogs are uh, favored by twenty four points. Are you uh, are you taking any action on this?
1: You know I I bet some I haven't this year uh, but I would if I were going to this game uh, I would probably take uh, I would probably take that minus twenty four. I think that they're the the Georgia certainly will cover that.
0: Well, the quarterback situation that we'll get into in a little bit may may lead you to take the points. I don't know. 24 is a 24 is a big spread for the first game of the year, especially when there's been no spring practice and brand new coordinator, but I guess Arkansas is in the same situation. So, um I'm going to I'm going to take def- definitely take a look at some of the NFL games, maybe get in on some early uh early lines. So, from game spreads to totals to team and player and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager. Then any place online, there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Kyle, I'm a blackjack guy. What about you?
1: That's what I typically play if I'm if I'm playing with a dealer. So we in Arkansas, we've got <laughs> I grew up just outside of Little Rock and we're pretty close to Memphis, about two hours away. Well, about forty-five minutes south, there's a little town you might have heard of in Mississippi called Tunica. Oh yeah. And it's it's uh it's a lot of fun there. And and pretty much anytime I've ever gone, I usually just uh keep it I've played blackjack a couple times but usually just keep it simple and cheap and go with the dollar slot machines but if I'm going to be playing uh it's going to usually going to be blackjack typically.
0: Yeah, uh online has some good uh slot tournaments and some some good free rolls so I've been taking advantage of that. I actually uh I broke the bank and won a dollar forty on on a, on a free roll uh, for slot. So, uh, I like my I like my action. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great group sign up bonuses again. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Well, uh, Kyle, as I said, it's uh, it's game week. Um, the SEC is finally getting here. I felt like it would never get here. You know, you watch all this ACC action, and you know that Florida. Uh well the, the 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 Miami uh Louisville matchup was was really good and I really enjoyed that one. I, I enjoyed watching Central Florida uh beat up on Georgia Tech. That's always one that hits close to home for for dog fans. But you know, I think honestly, um you know, people around people around from other parts of the country probably think, Oh god, here we go, another couple of SEC guys, but really it's the real football of the NCAA, so uh Georgia kicks off with a long road trip to Arkansas. Georgia still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Uh, seems like Arkansas's got theirs figured out, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, we, we've we've got Felipe Franks, and I, I giggle at it a little bit because I'm I'm actually one of those guys that's not completely sold on him. Uh, I like his frame, I like uh, I like his arm, but. I really question what's he going to do after that first read. He doesn't have the kind of talent around him in Arkansas. He does have some weapons on offense, but a lot of questions at offensive line and really outside of your first group of receivers, we don't really know much behind them. The only sure thing on offense is Rakeem Boyd, maybe the best back in the SEC. And you just think about uh, what Felipe Franks was able to do at Florida, put up some really good numbers, but also when he played against really, really good talent, uh, typically a ranked team, his numbers were not so great. And so how is he going to adjust to a team that has a little bit – I don't want to say compl- – well, it is lesser talent than Florida, but definitely no, not the kind of depth that they do there. And so, uh, yeah, we've got our quarterback situation figured out at least who is going to be starting. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, if Felipe can live up to the expectations that some Arkansas fans have.
0: Well, uh, definitely your head coach, his philosophy is, is run heavy uh, coming from that uh, Georgia system under Kirby Smart. Uh, he is, uh, he's somebody that's going to build the offensive line. <clears throat> you saw that in Athens, uh, but let's not discount these receivers. I mean, what, you know, trailing Bank, trailing Burks and Trey Knox, what do they, you know, what do they bring to the table?
1: Yeah, two guys uh, that really had a lot of a lot of hype last year, and Traylon Burks definitely lived up to it. I mean, his stats were not just off the charts, but he was the leading receiver. I believe he had four hundred around four hundred and seventy five yards, and um, was a good punt returner. The one thing I'll, I'll before I get into Trey Knox about Traylon Burks is, is he's just one of those special talents. I mean, he was probably the best player to come out of the, the state of Arkansas since Darren McFadden in two thousand five and uh, just an uh, elite, world-class talent, and had pretty much had offers from everywhere. But what I really like about him is last year we were down to Alabama by about 30, and I, met Nick St- I believe it was Nick Starkle that threw a pick six, and Traylon Burks was the last guy right there. Again, you're down by 30. He's a true freshman, and he showed what kind of effort and, and how bad he wants to play with that effort that he showed – chasing that guy down. He ended up scoring, uh, the Alabama player did, but he got to him. It's just he, he just gets it in so many different ways, not just from a talent standpoint, but an effort. And Trey, Trey Knox uh, was very, very hyped coming in, but a hip injury slowed him for pretty much the majority of the season, so he wasn't able to, to live up to that. So really not completely a fault of his own, but also, too, these guys and the rest of the receiving core were held back from poor quarterback and offensive line play.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something that will, you know, you you return four starters with uh, Ty Cleary, Myron Cunningham, Ricky Stromberg, and and Dalton Wagner. You have to think that with those four, Coach Pittman coming in, and then, of course, uh, Rakeem Boyd toting the rock, you got to think that that's going to be a major part of, of this offense. So that's something I think to watch for.
1: Yeah, the offensive line, actually, um, right now, I think Ty Clary's on the 2 deep, but he's actually the backup center. They're moving Ricky Stromberg over from uh, right guard to the center spot. And then you've got Myron Cunningham coming back, who was a really good – one of the top JUCO players of the 2019 class. So he'll be protecting the blind side of Felipe Franks. Bo Limmer uh, was a guy that came in and very, very strong, a weight room warrior – Got a little bit of playing time last year. His four games uh, as uh, to keep his red shirt still, and uh, but I, I'm really excited about Ricky Stromberg. Out of all those guys, he was a steal that we got coming out into the 2019 class. He hadn't gone to a lot of camps, so he wasn't highly rated. But we got him an early signing day when he was committed to Tulsa, and a lot of the schools hadn't had a chance to look at him. And uh, here he is now, and and he's got a lot of chance. He's got a big chance to do some huge things this year.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited about this offensive line. I'm excited about watching Raheem Boyd. I think, you know, watching him on Netflix really, you know, really kind of paved the way for for what he's been able to do at Arkansas. And uh, he's, he's one that's exciting to watch at their tailback position. And Georgia being running back you, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I kind of think that I kind of really have grown to appreciate that position and, and really watching how it develops. So uh, defensively, let's talk defense a little bit. I mean, I guess your only uh, your key guy over there uh, is Bumper Pool, which he might have one of the coolest names in the conference, if not the if not the entire country.
1: Yeah, Bumper is definitely going to be the leader on defense, and he he leads a, a group at linebacker that I've been concerned about really for the last four to five years. Brett Bielema didn't do a great job all the way back to that staff, did not do the greatest job at, at recruiting at that position, and it, it bled over into the Chad Morris era. They, As great as the 2019 class was at various positions, they missed on a lot of linebackers there, and it's, it's just, again, the last four to five years, has really come to hurt us at at this point now bumper pool's the only guy that you have with consistent success, I guess you could say and grant grant morgan and and hayden henry to the other two linebackers that are probably going to be starting they've got experience, but can they be consistent? They've shown flashes, but uh just real behind them you don't have a whole lot you've really got uh, guys that have hardly gotten any game reps and so the secondary, a lot of talent on paper. Most of those guys were four stars coming out of high school, but can they step up, take that next big step? And then on the defensive line, you've got a lot coming back. you got Jonathan Marshall, Mateo Soli, who as a, fresh, as a true freshman had a successful year but played with a club on his hand most of the time. And a lot of unproven guys in that uh, for the freshman and sophomore class that we're expecting to make some noise too.
0: Well, I'll tell you, if there's a guy that could get all that, uh, all those things together, it's Barry Odom. I mean, you know – you you see a guy that's been a head coach and, and relatively successful. And I mean, not, not as, as successful as he's wanted to be in, in this conference, but I think he's a great defensive coordinator and a great addition to the staff. Um, a guy with head coaching experience uh, that can, that can help mentor uh, Sam Pittman as, as he goes through his journey. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about Barry Odom, kind of what that hire means to this defense. You know, do, do you see instant, you know, success or relative success, or do you see instant improvement? We you know what, what do you, what do you make of Barry Odom?
1: Well, I definitely see instant improvement because there's really nowhere to go but up as, as bad as this defense has been over the last two years. And I, I don't think it's going to be instant success, but um, I, I, for, I for sure think that you're going to notice a lot. At least you're, you're probably going to know, realize that they know how to tackle finally. Uh, know how to tackle, know how to cover, know how to take better angles. Everywhere Barry Odom's been as a defensive coordinator in particular, Memphis, Missouri, they were towards the bottom and he got them – Upwards, I mean, in the 20s, 30 range, I think he actually had Memphis in the top 15, top 10 range at one point. So the guy's got a proven track record over the last 10 years or so. And then even as a head coach, he did pretty well. I thought he got kind of a raw deal at Missouri, but their loss is our gain, and, and I'm fine with it. And I think he possibly could be uh, definitely on the defensive side of the ball, but he might be uh, the greatest addition hire uh, of the 2020 offseason. Uh, that remains to be seen, at least in terms of assistance. But uh, that definitely there's been a lot of people that have said that the greatest thing that Sam Pittman could have done as of now is hire Barry Odom. And uh, we'll see uh, probably in the next year or two if uh, if that's correct or not.
0: Yeah, I think as a coordinator is great. You know, I I think he's going to bring a good aggressive style. I think he's going to bring a sense of toughness to that defense. And that's what they're going to need playing in the West uh, or really just playing in this conference in general. So, you know, I, I was I was a big fan of that hire. I was also a big fan of the Kendall Bryles hire hire. I thought he got kind of a bad uh, bad rap at Florida State. I don't think he was. I think he was just part of a bad culture down there with Willie Taggart. Uh, I don't think it was kind of fair to judge him based on that. Um, I think he's a great coordinator. I think he can do a lot of good things, a lot of good unique things on the offensive side of the ball. I think he'll have a good mix of system and and trying to get it, you know, out to your playmakers, put those guys in space, get Kendall Bryles the ball, and, and kind of like control the line of scrimmage, but do it in in like spread personnel things like that. So. I think he will provide the defense with a lot of fits. But, you know, looking at Georgia, you know, how how does, uh, you know, how do you stop defensively? Now, how how does Barry Odom stop a guy like George Pickens, uh, James Cook, Zemir White, you know, those guys? You know, how does he, you know, what what do you do to scheme uh, against that?
1: Well, you know, the old, uh, I guess the most cliche thing that you hear a lot of coaches say is, you know, you're not going to try to stop them. You're just going to try to slow them down and try to make sure that you can uh, just just stop them to the point where it's it's not going to completely kill you, but you're just not trying to focus on one person and then a bunch of other guys get all the stats. And you mentioned George Pickens. I mean, had a great freshman year last year. I know he got suspended for the first half of the SEC game and still came out and caught a touchdown and, and had 54 receiving yards then went out – well, went completely off against Baylor. Uh, but, you know, even though you, you, uh, you lose DeAndre Swift – you know, you got Zamir White and James Cook, two guys that might not have uh, just kind of like I was saying about Traylon Burks. Their stats might not just be off the charts, but you look at their yards per carry and the effectiveness that they've had. Then when they have had the ball in their hands, and I think really that Barry Odom is just going to try to again. Just basically, I think he just is going to ask his guys to go out, just be thankful you're out there playing, give me your best. And I think that this team is going to show a lot. I don't think they're going to win maybe more than one game. I've said that all offseason. But I think from game one, you're going to see a lot more effort than we've seen over the last, not just two years under Chad Morris, but even the final year under Brett Bielema. And it's really just about just being aggressive and each man doing their job.
0: Yeah, I mean that's all you can ask for. You know, you just try to try to shift that culture back to what you think and what you know Arkansas football can be, and and it's a shame that that it lost its way with B. Lamont, lost its way even more with Chad Morris. I I hate that that was a disaster because I thought, you know, maybe he he had a good run at SMU, he was a great coordinator at Clemson, you know, a, a kind of a bright guy, and then just came into a situation and just I, I don't know what happened. It just all fell apart on him. So, um, it's just one of those things, I guess, but. Uh, you know for georgia for georgia's sake attacking uh, arkansas's defense I, I think that in order to be successful and successful early on i think uh, the key for georgia's offense is going to be get in a rhythm get whoever's playing quarterback which i'm anticipating is going to be DeJuan Mathis, get him in a rhythm get him in a rhythm early put guys in put guys in space put guys on an island and then try to control the line of scrimmage uh, running the ball and, and really just kind of uh, get some explosive plays and let your defense go to work because this offense is going to make mistakes. Brand new coordinator Todd Monken came, come coming down from the NFL. There's going to be a learning curve. You got a brand new quarterback. You either got a guy that's a true freshman, uh, or you've got a guy that uh, had just gotten cleared not long ago after getting a cyst removed from his brain. And then uh, the guy that you intended on being the starter, he still hasn't been cleared yet with his knee injury. That's to be that's that's to remain to be seen with JT Daniels. And then so. There's a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position, a lot of talent, but a lot of uncertainty as well.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to point out. It's it's crazy because you've got these two crazy talented guys and kind of just basically reiterating what you said with, with JT Daniels and DeJuan, and like these these guys are, are coming off pretty significant things with their health. You know, you think about the ACL and how prevalent that is for athletes, but I mean, Dwan gets the 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 brain surgery. I mean, he's coming back from that. I mean, yeah, it's a it, no matter what you do, whether it's a cyst or what what the case may be, it's uh extremely serious and just to think of what these guys are are overcoming, but uh either way, just an insane amount of talent. JT Daniels, a former four-star player and then um and then Dwan Mathis, I believe he was like a top 300 player coming out of high school. But either way and but runs a 4-4 no matter who they have under center, you like you said, there's going to be some inconsistency, especially too with replacing. I think it's Georgia's replacing three offensive linemen, two of whom were uh, first round picks. But, and and you talked about Sam Pittman, you know, with what he's what he was able to do at Georgia, what he's been able to do throughout his his career. I think Matt Luke is was the perfect hire. When uh, yeah, Sam Pittman's that, not going to be there, I really don't know if you're going to find a better recruiter or a better offensive line coach.
0: That's kind of our Barry Odom.
1: Yeah 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 I mean it's uh yeah there was there was good hires made on both ends and um so but but that's yeah I think that the the way that George is there's going to be a lot of talent on the field but just a lot of inexperience and that's what it's really going to boil down to and I think that that's kind of what that that's going to be basically the deciding factor is I I wouldn't be shocked if Arkansas maybe hangs with them for a little while because Scott Fountain and, and and Sam Pittman know if besides the coaches on the Georgia staff, these two guys know more about this Georgia team than probably any other coach in the entire country. So, I wouldn't be shocked if they do compete for a little bit. But you know, you come come maybe the end of the, as we get closer to halftime or into the third quarter. I just think that Georgia's talent at the end of the day is just going to be too much.
0: Yeah, I think you know Georgia. They were always going to be leaning on the defense, whether or not we had spring practice, whether or not we had a normal camp series, whatever the case was gonna be, they were always gonna lean on this defense because this defense is returning a lot of experience, not necessarily starting experience, but there was a lot I think there was twenty five guys that got hundred snaps on the defense. And and I think you guys
1: are returning about sixty five percent, somewhere around that range. There's a lot. Yeah.
0: It's it's a lot of it's a lot of people, and it's a lot of guys that got in and got significant reps and, and good game reps. So um, the defense, I, I don't worry about as much. They were first in a lot of categories and return a lot of people, so that, that's always that was always going to be something they lean on. But um, one name to look out for on on Georgia's side uh, is Jermaine Burton. Uh, he's been getting a lot of buzz in camp. He's from Calabasas. Um, he's an incoming true freshman. He's been uh, he's been lighting it up. Uh, he's gonna I think he's going to be end up emerging as the number two receiver behind Pickens. Uh, he's a guy that's that's great with the ball in the air. He's He's electric. He can he can, uh, he can can run just about every route. He's just got to get comfortable with his timing with whoever the starting quarterback is going to be. And I think you know, that's going to be the story. Tight end-wise, you have either uh, John Fitzpatrick, who's mainly a blocker and run game guy, or you have Darnell Washington, who looks like LeBron James, but still has not played college football because he played at Bishop Gorman. And so we don't know phys- physically how well he's going to stand up. I mean, he looks the part, but... You know, you throw him in the SEC as a true freshman. That's never an easy thing to do at tight end. And then, you know, your running backs are, are really kind of your key. And the key on the offensive lineman is Jamari Sawyer. Uh moving from I think right guard over to left tackle. Um, you know, he he's kinda he kinda reminds me of Isaiah Wynn a little bit. You because know, Isaiah Wynn made the same similar transition from uh guard to left tackle. He ended up getting drafted in the first round. That was something Sam Pittman did actually. So a lot of lot of question marks, a lot of talent, but a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, what do you what do you notice uh, from the outside looking in? Uh, notice about this defense, Georgia's defense, and kind of what the keys are and the key players are.
1: Well, I mean they hey they were number one in the SEC. I know that much. I mean they were. I know that the offense uh, struggled some there, and but that's one thing is that stayed consistent with Georgia was the defense. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, I mean I look at Jordan Davis, Malik Herring. Uh, Monty Rice, Eric Stokes. I mean, I know there's more players, but there's just so many, as you said, even if they weren't starters, they were key reserves. And uh, you've got, uh, I think pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, the entire secondary, or at least, again, the, some key reserves coming. Up. So that's that's big. I know a lot of guys on uh, the defensive line. So that that kind of goes back to what I was saying about Arkansas. Like on on offense, you've got a bunch of talent as your starters, but really behind them, what do you have? And then another thing I wanted to bring up on on the offensive side of the ball is you you mentioned the tight ends briefly there. I kind of feel like that Arkansas is in a similar position because I look at you guys' tight ends and there's really I know Trey McKitty he played for Florida State for three seasons had five hundred up so, though
0: he's banged oh, up he,
1: so he's not okay so yeah. he's not even playing
0: yeah he may not be playing at all. well
1: and th- and then so if he's not you look at what's behind him and there's just really not a lot even guys that have gotten game reps, and that's really the position that Arkansas is in. Hudson Henry, he's, yeah. he had uh, three catches for 15 yards last season. Beside, besides him, there's a total of zero receptions for zero yards on, on our roster. And so right now our, on our two-deep, you've got Hudson Henry starting, you've got Blaine Toll right behind him. Blaine Toll is a true freshman who was recruited as a defensive end originally has been flipping back and forth from tight end to D end. And, uh, I, I mean, that's, I talked about how concerned I was at linebacker. I'm even more concerned at tight end.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I'm concerned. I'm not concerned about the talent. I'm just concerned about, you know, w- what we have because you know, you graduate a guy like Charlie Warner, who's just a, such a rock over there, just a solid veteran piece that just kind of keeps everything together. Even though the offense was mediocre at best last year, he was kind of one of those guys that just he just I don't know he's like he was like the glue just kept it all together. So, um, but yeah, I think we're you know as far as the receiver position, I think we're in a, a very similar boat. Um, you know, you got some guys that are very talented, but you just don't know exactly what we got um, in in them beyond George Pickens. Um, and I think that same thing could be said about y'all's wide receivers uh, outside of Traylon Burks. You know you don't really know what you got in, in Knox. You don't really know what you got beyond that. You got some, you know, you got some young guys that that might be looking to step up. Defensively, uh, you know, you, you you might have a lot of starters, uh, you know, coming back that are veterans, but behind them, I see a lot of freshmen. And I think one name that really stuck out to me uh, was a guy named Miles Slusher, which again, I don't know where you get all these names, but uh, Miles Slusher, the safety. What what kind of impact is he going to make? We we talk about freshmen. Is he going to be somebody that that jumps in the fold right away?
1: I do. I wouldn't be shocked if he. I I, I think that he'll contribute right away. Um, obviously on the two deep right now, I'm not a starter. But I th- I would not be shocked if at some point he is starting in the secondary. I've actually followed Miles for a long time. Right as soon as we switched over from the 2019 signing class and and got into 2020 recruiting, I was following him. And I know that it seemed like he had Arkansas high on his list uh, coming out of Oklahoma. And then as Arkansas kind of started to take even more of a dip on the field in terms of the results there, it looked like that uh, he was – looking at I think Texas and a, and then it ultimately ended up choosing Oregon but I believe Texas was one of the many on his list along with OU and some of the other big ones uh, Alabama was one of those and it seemed like as as signing day got closer he wanted to be closer to home and so people thought that he was going to be signing with Nebraska and then ultimately chose Arkansas I was actually really shocked but pleasantly surprised at that i mm-hmm. uh, been following him for a long time and very very high on the kid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think defensive back is something that, you know, it's it's depending on the situation, depending on how, how much you need to lean on them can be an easy transition for a freshman uh, or it can be extremely difficult. I don't think there's any middle ground with with that, with that position as far as uh, young guys go. You're either baptism by fire or it can be pretty smooth. So uh, with Barry Odom, I think, you know, I think he'll be I think he'll do a good job of getting these young guys involved and not putting too much on their plate all at the same time. And I think he's—I think he understands that balance.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that he does. And uh, he'll know – I mean, it's its going to be one of those things that I could definitely see him playing more than just the 2D because he's got to figure out a lo- about a lot of these guys. Uh, some of these guys really just haven't played not just their best football, but how much – I really wonder they're, – they're, I'm not going to sit here and call guys out name by name, but there was a large majority – of this team the last two years that really, as they say, let go of the rope. And so there's a lot of these guys that still have to reprove themselves and has had to do that with this coaching staff. And I think there's a lot that are really hungry, and I can see Barry Odom uh, giving those reps out to the guys that have earned it.
0: Well, speaking of uh, another freshman that really jumps out at me in, in, in a situation that you know, if you're going to go 1-9 and nine, um, in a 10-game SEC schedule, why not throw this guy in there? And I'm talking about Malik Hornsby quarterback missouri city texas um what, what do you see in him uh, you know i watched his highlights and the guy's just electric he can he, he can make it happen with his feet he's got a good arm he throws a good ball uh it seems like he's pretty accurate What what's the story on him is he picking things up in camp is he kind of a, a legitimate contender in this quarterback battle do you see Do you anticipate him playing and taking over the starting job at some point this season
1: right now i only see him getting the getting some time and and the four games allotted that he could still redshirt it, right pretty much all it's been is felipe franks and kj jefferson talked about in the the quarterback conversation so barring some kind of crazy thing happening I, I really don't see him getting much time outside of again maybe putting some packages in here and there for him he's got a lot to work on as you said he he's got a good arm but he does have to work on his mechanics a little bit and just crazy speed there the quarterback the 247 i know com- that they compared him to was rg3 um just uh i believe that malik also is RG three coming out of high school, obviously, and I know that he was a track star in high school too, and so yeah, just all all kinds of crazy athletic ability. So I could certainly see them putting a package in for him then using him when they need to, but I really just don't see him right now, as it stands, him playing past the four games where he can still keep his red shirt.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, think you know, it's twenty twenty, crazy things can happen, I guess, right? Yeah. um So I, I think you know one of the things that. uh you know that whatever whoever's playing quarterback is going to have to contend with is they're going to have to look uh, to the to the uh, center of the field and see Richard LeCount. They're going to have to look out uh, on the corner and see Eric Stokes, both NFL, uh, both NFL prospects. And, and I think it's uh, you yeah, know they're going to play a lot. They're going to mix up a lot of coverages. They're going to uh, you know they're probably going to play a lot of Cover One with with LeCount uh, sitting back there in center field. Um, so I, I'm excited to see kind of how the secondary matches up with y'all's receivers how our receivers matches up with your secondary and, and just kind of see, you know, who emerges out, out of this group, see if Keiris Jackson can, can do anything for Georgia. See if Demetrius Robertson can finally uh do what he did at Cal as a freshman. Um to see if we can get this running game going. I mean, beyond Zamir White and James Cook, you still have Rocky McIntosh, you still have uh you know, you still have Dewan Edwards, you still have Chris Milton, you know, guys like that. You know, you you have five guys that can get in there and probably uh, make, make something happen, uh, with the football in their hands. So, um uh, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of unknowns, but you know, Kyle, I'm excited that, that this game is finally happening. Um, uh, I'm excited that, uh, you know, we can finally say, okay, it's an SEC Saturday. So, um, you know, I, I can't wait, even, even if I got to hear Woo pig Suey a lot. Um, I remember my first, my first year in college, I, I was, I was a freshman and, uh, I, I was a recruiting assistant for for Coach Richt, uh, and and our first our first season there, my first season there, we we go to, to the SEC championship, and that's when we played Arkansas. Yeah. So going on my way to the Georgia Dome, I think I, you know, I think I heard "woo pig suey like a million times.
1: You didn't hear him much during that game, though.
0: No, not during the game, but yeah, because but, but, we before only
1: scored it. we only scored three points. I think yeah. you guys put up like thirty five.
0: Yeah, we put up three. I remember blocking a punt. In that one, I remember, uh, Mo- like y'all couldn't tackle Musa Smith. You had nobody that could. You had no answer for Ben Watson. I mean, it was just play action, just dump it to the tight end. Play action, go over the top to Fred Gibson. T- you know, play action, or actually not play action, just turn around, and hand it to Big Musa. So, um, just you know, that was that was a fun game, I think. And then just you know, um, uh, one of my one of the trips I want to make it to all the SEC stadiums. That's my goal. Um, and I think the only. I've only been really to one stadium in the west so far and that's Auburn. Uh so I I've, I've got to make it out to I, I actually you know what I've been to Old Miss before a long long time ago. Uh, but I want to make it back to Old Miss when I'm you know when I when I'm aware make it to LSU, make it to Arkansas. Uh really just make it all around. And uh you know I need to make it up to Kentucky as well. So um what what stadiums have you been to?
1: I've only, in the SEC, I've driven past, uh, I've driven past Mississippi States, but the only one I've actually been to is Arkansas. Okay. Only, I've been to a couple of, uh, base. really, only I've been to a few ba- uh, baseball stadiums, but uh, mm-hmm. driven past a few NFL, but just, I haven't really uh, traveled a whole lot, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I used to, you know, I used to travel pretty frequently. I mean, going, you know, one of the most surreal experiences, one of the craziest experiences is the Georgia-Florida game. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that or, or if you watch it on yeah. TV, but I mean, when they say there's a split, a true split of fans, it, it really is a true split. Like you can see it. You can even see it on TV in the end zone where, where it goes right down the middle. And you can see where the, where the orange and blue ends and the red and black begins. And then on the other side, you can see it tra- transition back over. And it's, it's crazy. Like at the end of the game, half the stadium is going to be empty. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's nuts. Um, Auburn is is really loud, uh just the way they have their stadium design. I really like Auburn. I really like their campus. Um Tennessee is Tennessee is a big bowl. They're loud. Um, you know, Vandy's Vandy. Um yeah. and then I've been to Tech, I've been to the Georgia Dome, I've been to several of the bowl games, been to the Superdome. Um, you know, talking about a crazy place. Oh
1: yeah, I imagine
0: It's like you're mountain climbing in, in the upper deck Like the way the steps are, it's, it's insane So it's like when you have an armload of, of beer And you're trying to climb those stairs and navigate those stairs It's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous So, um, well before we, before we get out of here uh, any, any other key things with, with Arkansas's team? Any other uh, under the radar type players, sleepers, things like that? Things to watch out for?
1: Traylon Smith is one that I've been hearing a lot of. That's Rakeem Boyd's backup. He had to sit out last year after transferring in, from Arizona State. Apparently had some, some uh, butting of the head with, with Herm Edwards and the coaching staff there from what we gathered. And things just didn't work out, so he came to Arkansas. But uh, there's been a lot of, lot of talk about him. So we're really trying to figure out who that guy behind, behind Rakeem is going to be, whether that be Traylon, Amani Spivey. Um, I think Josh Oglesby is the name. I forgot his last name on my, my podcast the other day. I think it's Josh Oglesby, a uh, guy that has about four three speed. He's a burner. We're just trying to find that guy behind Rakeem Boyd because even though he expects to get a lot of carries this year, we, we need to make sure we have some running insurance behind him.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're going to have to – anytime you go into a grind, especially a grind that didn't exactly get you the uh, conventional fall camp, didn't get you any spring practice – You're going to need about three or, you know, two or three, you know, studs back there running, you know, running the ball. So, um, and especially in a Sam Pittman type offense. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to consider there. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited to see what you guys have. I mean, you look at the stats from from last year, and you can only go up from 77th in total offense, uh, 121st in efficiency, explosiveness 101, uh, finishing drives 122, and, uh, you know, adjust to turnover margin one twenty seven. I mean, I think, you know, Arkansas shouldn't shouldn't have those numbers. And and I think, uh, and I'm excited that Sam Pittman is going to get a chance to do that because I think if Arkansas fans are patient with him, he will turn turn things around. He learned one of the biggest things he learned at Georgia was how to recruit. Um, he's always he's always known how to develop offensive line. That's that's never been an issue for him but he now knows the process of recruiting and he, you know, the stuff that he learned from Kirby smart who learned from um, some guy named Nick Saban. Um, And so uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to to watch Arkansas grow. I'm a big fan of Sam Pittman. So, you know, I wish you, I wish your team all the best.
1: I appreciate it, man. And I'm, I'm, you took the word right out of my mouth a second ago. I, I'm just happy that we're playing. And I know that a lot of Arkansas fans feel shafted with the way that we got on the, the schedule lined up for us. But, man, you know, a, we, we talk about it all the time. You got you to gotta beat the man to be the man. And mm-hmm. I really like the fact that we're playing Georgia, Alabama. We always play Alabama and LSU. But um, it's, it's great, man. I, I think this is going to really test the, this young team and really dig deep and find out who they are. And they're going to learn a lot from it this season.
0: No doubt. I mean, you know, no doubt that y'all got a tough draw. Missouri got a tough draw. Um, but again, you know, new coaches got got to prove yourself. You know, and and right. and that's just as part of it, and that's part of being in the conference. You know, I, I don't think anyone really has an easy schedule relatively. No. Um, I mean, you know, we we play Alabama and Auburn. Um, yeah. you know, we play Auburn every year, so it's not like we're getting off easy. Um, you know, we we get, you know, I guess you could say we get a break from you know getting Arkansas. Now versus, you know, I think in I think one or two years, I think Arkansas is going to be hell to deal with. But um, I think right now, getting Arkansas right now right out of the gate, I think is probably the best case scenario for us because we're still developing a lot of stuff on offense and and I think that's been I think that that was that was a good lucky draw for us because if it stayed the way it was supposed to stay, we were going to open up with Bama, and that's yeah. not a that's not a good opening opponent for uh, a team that doesn't know who their starting quarterback is. A B. Doesn't have a number two receiver, a proven number two receiver, or established number two receiver behind George Pickens. We had that guy towards ACL again, uh, Dominic Blaylock, and uh, so he he's he's out. But yeah. uh, you know, a lot of excitement, a lot of cool storylines, a lot of things to to look forward to. Uh, we can finally stop over analyzing every little tidbit of camp news, and we can finally kick this thing off. So, um, Kyle, it was a pleasure to have you. Do you have any uh, any other questions about Georgia that that? Uh, that your listeners want to wanna know before we kick off?
1: Man, I think, I think we covered just about everything. Uh, like, yeah, looking here at all my stuff that I've got, I've, I think that you covered it, and I'm just ready to play now.
0: I will say this. If you appreciate defensive line play, look out for freshman Jalen Carter. Um, they were doing board drills uh, during fall camp. This was probably a couple weeks ago now. Uh, but he took, our, he took our veteran senior center. He was probably going to get drafted, probably a day three draft, but um, he's going to get drafted. Absolutely destroyed him and, and drove him back about five yeah. yards. I'll be didn't, looking for it. Didn't him. pancake him, didn't plan him, but yeah. drove him back. And, and so yeah. so be on the lookout for Jalen Carter if, if you're a fan of defensive line play. So, uh, sure. Kyle, uh, remind everybody where they can find you, uh, where they can find your show on uh, on yep. social media.
1: Yes, so uh, again, we're on Facebook at the Arkansas Hog Talk, and then it's all spelled H-A-W-G, and then Instagram and Twitter, uh, the Hog Talk, so at the Hog Talk, and then uh, my personal Twitter is at K underscore Sutherland, H-T-P, like Hog Talk podcast.
0: All right, so uh, last thing before I let you go, what, uh, what other game are you looking forward to the most besides, obviously, the Arkansas game?
1: Ooh, uh, are you talking about just this weekend? This weekend, yeah. Uh, so this is going to be not popular, but I'm. You mentioned how Mizzou got a, a, a tough draw. I'm interested to see. Um, I, I want to see Elijah Drinkwitz uh, in his first game. Just how things go with mm-hmm. Alabama again. I know that's a little maybe not a popular answer, but of Drinkwitz. He's an Arkansas boy. I've been through the Gus Malzahn coaching tree. Was with him at Arkansas State, Auburn. I'm interested to see what he does. He's already had he's got one year under his belt of head coaching experience, but Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what he does in the SEC.
0: I'm intrigued by. uh, I want to see what Kentucky does. uh, Yeah. After winning ten games last year, I want to see what Stoops can bring to the table with an actual quarterback. So yeah. um, Hopefully, all of them don't get injured this year, and they can finish the season with an actual quarterback under center. So. Sure. Uh, Kyle, it was a pleasure having you. Um, we'll talk. Maybe, maybe we can talk and, and, and recap the game uh, for, uh, you know, maybe we record next weekend or this weekend.
1: Sure. Absolutely, Corey. love to. appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Kyle. All right. See you. This is the
1: story of The one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done,
0: which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.